Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. This is Molly Bay. Today is July 2nd, 2019. 68 days to kick off. It's crawling by. I know, right? It seemed like it was getting closer and closer, but now it's like Just I'm in the last. to a halt. Yeah. I mean, there's only like three weeks until training camp, though. There's that. There's that. And then hard knocks, and then, oh, the all or nothing with the Carolina Panthers comes on in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think the 18th. Okay, so. Maybe, but that was filmed last season. Right, yes, yeah, so the 2018 season, which sucks. I wish it would have been this season so we could see. I don't know. I like watching a good train wreck. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> ah, especially when it's the kittens. Right. All right. Got some fact checks and follow-ups. Fact check. Logan Mankins did not play with Josh Freeman, as Molly said. Mankins came to Tampa in 2014. Freeman left at the beginning of the 2013 season. Boom. He was good, though. I really liked Mankins. A tough guy. Good lineman. So it was Mike Glennon and Josh McCown that he played for. So I wonder who it was that... Nailed the dude on top of Josh Freeman. I don't know. We'll have to go back and look. Ugh, it's too much work. Yeah, true. We'll never know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery. We could just make crap yeah, up. Yeah, it's probably in your notes. Probably. You look in your notes. Yeah. Follow up slash fact check. This is a this is a double double whammy here. The Panthers versus Buccaneers game in 2018. We had talked about where Molly and I had actually made a bet on that. I forgot until after we we bet we dinner. Did? Yeah, we bet dinner on it. I want my dinner. You got your dinner. No, I don't believe you. Yeah, you got Pony your up. dinner. Pony up. Molly is huge You're in the You're only uh, 11 years late. <laughs> Molly is huge in the dinners. That's all her bets are dinners. <laughs> I had said it was a Thursday night game, but I was incorrect. It was a Monday night game. We were also talking about how the Buccaneers and the the teams are worth all this money and everything. I can't remember who it was we were talking about. I know the, according to Forbes, this is in 2018, the Cowboys are worth $5 billion. Ah. They're by far the most valuable, valuable franchise. franchise. Uh, the, the Buccaneers are down at the bottom now. We used to be like in the top five or ten. We're now at the bottom. We're like around 23rd or something. Uh, but we're worth $2 billion after being bought in 1995 for $192 million. Man, talk about... Quite a gain quite there. Quite a gain. You can't find that type of gain in nothing, except maybe Bitcoin. But who was it we were talking about? The Redskins? I don't know. I've got them listed as $3.1 billion. I think it was the Redskins. Snyder bought them. He bought the Redskins. This is another fact check. Uh, Dan Snyder bought the Redskins for $245 million in 1999. Not four hundred and fifty million. I think I'd said that. So anyhow, I think they're worth three point one billion according to Forbes. Man, that do is, you need a follow up on your I'm gonna have follow, to up? follow up my follow up. Fact, fact check, check my, your fact check? Fact check my follow up. <laughs> Incomplete. If you want to make good on your money, buy an NFL team. Apparently it's a good investment. It has been anyhow for the past twenty years, thirty years. I I remember back when guys weren't making hardly any money. It was a lot of money back then, but I mean it was like a million a year or some crap like that. Now is that just... when they had to drive their dinosaurs to practice? No, this was bef- this was after the dinosaurs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were just beating each other with clubs on the field. Yeah, and they were getting paid in like lambskin, <laughs> arrowheads. Firestarter. <laughs> yeah, that was before they had an economy, mm-hmm. capitalism, free trade. Back in the good old days. Back in the good old days. <laughs> the gold standard. <laughs> 
Hey, do you want to be a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Buck Beat Line? I do. Well, here's your chance. Submit a two to three minute video that shows off your talent to special.events at buccaneers.nfl.com. You'll get an invite to live auditions on July 20th. They're accepting auditions for the bass, snare drum, tenor, cymbals. It's invite only and candidates will be notified via email during the week of July 9th through the July 13th. Of course, audition information and more details will be provided at that time. But hey, if you're a musician, you can play the snare or the bass or a tenor or something of that nature. Basically, if you're an ex-marching band, try out. Be awesome. What about a triangle? Or the cowbell. <laughs> so it means more cowbell. Tambourine? I'm not good at any of those. I don't know what I'm talking about. You have about. no rhythm not at all. Not at all. It's embarrassing. Our son, at the age of like a year and a half, had better rhythm than Molly did. <laughs> well, let's hope they inherit that from you then, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan Smith appeared on the MMQB podcast. I read that article. I didn't hear the podcast. The article was pretty good. They broke down the offensive linemen, and I kind of have to agree with their top ten list. Most of them were Dallas Cowboys. I skipped that part. I just listened to... Oh, you just listened to the podcast? Yeah, I just listened to what Donovan Smith's interview. Well, they made some really good points about how hard it is to have an offensive line now, a good one, a really good one, because you have to pay these guys so much money, and you have to pay them so much money just to be average anymore. Because And you've got to develop them. Right. That's the thing. You know, They come in from college, and a lot of them are doing these spread offenses, and the offensive linemen don't have to do the stuff they have to do in the NFL now. And the, and the linemen are one of those positions where it really takes years to get good at in the NFL. And now, by the time they get good, then their second contract's coming up, and that's when they get paid their big money. So guys like Donovan Smith are getting these huge contracts while not performing up to that contract level. It's a really good article. I would suggest reading it if you get a chance. So what did what Donovan Smith say in the podcast? This was the MMQB yes. podcast? It's like a national... I don't really know what he said. A lot of it I didn't understand. <laughs> what was he speaking in a foreign language? Like football talk. Why do you? Why are you on this podcast? <laughs> you just like to come on here and claim ignorance to everything. Well, he's like talking about the different types of plays. I've never played football, so I don't understand that aspect of it. You were talking to me about this earlier, and you sounded much more knowledgeable than you do now. Of course, you've had a couple of tequila drinks in you, so maybe that's That'll the That'll do it. He sounded very football what, smart. What is that you're drinking, by the way? It's tequila, orange juice, and Sprite. Wow. So what's that called? I made it up. Uh, is it good? It's all right. Let me get some. Yeah. I'm drinking my Yingling Gold. Yeah, it's not bad. It does the job. Could use more tequila. Tequila. That was last night. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she, she, was like hand, she was hand pouring the tequila, and then today... My, my, um, my shot glass is dirty. So instead of washing it like a sane person would just would do, I just free poured it, and so I poured it over the ice until I could see it, which was <laughs> apparently too much. <laughs> I did not feel great this morning. So yeah, she texts me from work. She says I'm a little nauseous from last night. I had to go get a breakfast sandwich on the way to work. Burger King breakfast. I don't always do that. It doesn't. It's great. It's that grease. <laughs> yeah, the grease just soaks it all up, settles your stomach. So today I used my shot glass and I could not see the liquor over the ice. <laughs> she's like, she comes to me and she's like, I think I was pouring a little much last night. <laughs> so hopefully I'll feel better tomorrow. So Donovan Smith sounds like he's got some football Yeah, intelligence. he sounded really smart, now, see, which is what B.A. likes as the smart guys. And see, that's funny because in his podcast with Ali Marpet, 
when he's talking with Casey Phillips, they hardly ever talk football. You know, they're basically just joking around and goofing. Yeah, goofing off. Yes. But if you do that all day, I don't know that you want to get off work and then right. talk about it more. I get that. I think they want to make the players very personable. Yeah, yeah. It's more about the personalities than it is the football. Yeah, but it's like what we talked about with information from the OTAs. Like, from a fan perspective, we want football. We're football fans, not Donovan Smith fans. Right. So. It's just very interesting that he's, you picked up that he was football smart. I never got that from him, but yeah. I've never seen anything where he talked about football. I'm going to listen to that. Right. He's talking about the different types of plays and blocking that you might do as an offensive lineman, what you look for in the defensive Formation. schemes, formations, yeah, like how they're lining up and how you might react as an offensive lineman. So it was interesting. But what I did take away from this podcast was that JPP last season would practice almost exclusively on the inside. And was, it, is Donovan Smith saying this? Yeah. And he said it was because... JPP was working with the young guys. So he'd go up against the young guys. He'd make a play on them or he would do something. And then he would stop and teach the young offensive linemen what he did, what they can do to counter it. It was really interesting. And it's kind of the type of guy that B.A. likes. Yes, definitely the type of guy B.A. likes. It's interesting in a couple of aspects. One, I remember last year during training camp, everybody was really excited about seeing JPP working on the inside of the line, expecting him to do that during the season. Now, he did it during the season. He'd probably do it two, three times a game, but not a lot, not like people were expecting. And then I have to ask, who were the young guys he was going up against? And obviously it didn't help. (laughs) There's only so much you can do. It's interesting that he saw the need to do that. Hmm. He's essentially acting as a coach to the offensive lineman. Yeah. Warhop, too busy fishing. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. I'm going to have to listen to that podcast. But it's the kind of guy that B.A. loves in that he's like another coach on the field. He's a veteran leader who is taking it upon himself to work with the young guys, get them up to speed. Right. So, Which, you know, makes me rethink my prediction that we're going to get rid of JPP. I mean, if he's doing all that, B.A. is going to want to keep him. But it just doesn't seem to make sense to me that we're going to keep him. I mean, that's $7 million we could clear off the cap. And we're going to need that money because we're going to need to sign somebody. Right, but I think if they put him on the non-football injury list, they don't have to pay him, yeah. and he doesn't count against the cap. We looked this up, and they do. And, you know, he's still in a neck brace. Uh, Pro Football Talk talked about that today. JPP had posted on Instagram showing himself still in the neck brace. Uh, he's going to have it reevaluated in two months, according to Greg Allman from theathletic.com. Uh, the earliest he can return is October. That's according to Bruce Arians. But that's after probably not even working out all offseason. Right. Yeah. So like he's going to come in a little rusty. Yeah. Not in shape, not in football shape. And we're going to have to make not a, having worked in the scheme. We're going to have to make a decision on him here soon because you know once the season starts, he's getting that money. We can't cut him in October, November, and not have to pay him. And not have to pay him. I don't know. It's I don't see how we can't not cut him. If we don't cut him, we're going to have to cut some other people because we just do not have money to pay for any other free agents. And you know we're going to want to get somebody before the season starts. But if he's you know I mean BA is all about that leadership. That, that type of player. That type of player. But for the accident, 
he would absolutely be on the team and be a BA guy. JPP needs to put himself in a coma from like February to July. Something. Gosh, <laughs> that's crazy. He's got some bad luck, man. Now you, we both listened to the was it the Petercast podcast yes. where they had Anderson, Lars Anderson. Yeah, who co-wrote Bruce Arians' book, Quarterback Whisperer. Yes, which they, of course, said that no other podcast had read the book or anything. I think you had said that, but what I got from them was they they were the only podcast that had Anderson Lars on, on there. Lars oh, on maybe. There. Maybe it was, but the, we should get credit. We were the first podcast <laughs> to read the book. We even had a podcast out on the book review. Yeah, maybe that's what he was saying. The podcast that no one whispered. else had interviewed Lars. Which as soon as as soon as I saw that tight that they were interviewing him, I was like, oh gosh, why didn't we think to do that? Ugh. I don't know. We have a, re- a lot of really big ideas, and then we don't ever do them. So, <laughs> if we thought about yeah. doing it, would we have done it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could have said we thought about it. My point was, we didn't even think about it. We didn't even think about it. It was a good interview, though. It was a really good interview. I liked. Lars, you really got a sense for how much of a r- rapport he had with BA. I and mean, they res- friends. How much respect he's got for yeah. BA. I mean, you, you, a lot of these ghostwriters or co-writers, what are they called when they actually write the book? It's a ghostwriter. Well, a ghostwriter doesn't have his name on the cover. Oh. Gosh, I can't remember what they're called. Anyhow, a lot of them end up not liking the people they have to work with. Really? Yeah. But this guy really liked BA. They're still friends, like you said. Yeah. I like the story he talked about where uh, B.A., not that you talked about, that he talked about where he called B.A. BA up one night. Oh, yeah. He thought B.A. was on the West Coast. It was like 9 o'clock at night. He called him up, but he was on the East Coast. So it was like 12, <laughs> and B.A. cussed, cussed him, him out. out. He was like, yeah, I've been on the business end of B.A.'s <laughs> temper. It's not nice. I thought that was interesting. It was funny. Yeah. What I got from that, he said that B.A., he just commands respect. Yes. And, and everybody in the league knows him. Everybody respects him. Yeah. Except maybe Tomlin. Mike Tomlin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be so much fun. I think that's something that's probably going to haunt Mike Tomlin his whole career. Yeah. And Mike was very young as far as a coach goes. Yeah, and I think he listened too much to fans and ownership. Probably. When you don't know how much say he actually had in that decision. Right. Or influence. So that's probably something that Mike had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. But others brought up that Dungy kind of had the same rapport with players, that he just commanded respect. Like, you just didn't want to disappoint him. Right. Yeah, you hear that. I mean, that was one thing with Dungy. Guys said they, they played for him. They did not want to displease and let Dungy down. And you get the same sense with Bruce Aaron. Bruce <laughs> Bruce. Why do you develop a lisp every time you have to say Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I stick with B.A. Bucko Bruce. Is that players really like playing for him. As a matter of fact, yeah. the only... Bruce. <laughs> the only player I've heard that had anything negative to say about Bruce was uh, John Brown, the wide receiver. Really? Uh-huh. What did he say? Uh, he basically said that he was just over the whole relationship he had with Bruce Aarons. Bruce probably expected too much from him. Yeah, probably. You know, there's some people, if they can't meet your expectations, rather than deal with your disappointment, they'll just kind of write you off. Yeah, I know plenty of people like that. Yeah. Which brings me to another thing, since we're talking about receivers and Bruce Arians, is he going to have Mike Evans play the slot? It would not surprise me. As a matter of fact, I 
I really want to say, yes, he's going to. Because that's what he did to Larry Fitzgerald right. in Arizona. And it worked out great. And I think Evans would be perfect in the slot. You do? Yes. Did he ever play in Cutter's scheme in the slot? No. Strictly outside? Yes. How one-dimensional. Yeah, it's true. You know what I was saying that last podcast about how good our offense was? Yes, it was good. Best offense we've ever had in the Buccaneers. The three years, four years that Cutter was here. would all include Lovey Smith. Ugh. last year. Well, the offense really did good, but I got to thinking about that. They weren't exciting. No. They were at times. At times. Overall, I think they were a little lackluster. Yes, they would get these big chunk plays, you know, 10, 15, 20 the explosives. yards. Explosives. The explosives, as Dirk Cutter liked to call them. But, the, but nothing would happen. You wouldn't get in a run after the catch or anything like that. It'd be basically be, boom, catch the ball, throw, fall down, next play. Evans was horrible for that. So it's like as soon as he gets touched, he's down. Yeah, I really would like to see his yards after the catch get better. You know who's good at that? Little Scotty Miller. I was watching some game tape on him. Were you? Yes, that little guy is fat. And when I say little, he's little. I mean, he's he's like, he's like a normal-sized guy. Well, that's little in football. Right, exactly. You see him out on the field. I mean, he's like smaller than Deshaun Jackson. He's like 5'10". Less than 200 pounds, right? Yeah, I think he's like 145. Hold on. No. Yes. Let me look that up. Wow, Molly was right. He's five foot 11, 174 pounds. He does not look... Gosh, he looks really small out there. And look field. at his picture on the Buccaneers website. He looks <laughs> like 17. I know. He's 21, so not that far off. He looks 17 on the field, I'll tell you. But the guy, he catches the ball. Man, he goes. And he's a yard after catching guy. So it would but be, how's he going to do with contact? Right, yeah. All the highlights I saw, there wasn't a whole lot of contact. And he, but maybe he can just outrun everybody, he, and it's not going to be an issue. It, yeah, he played for Bowling Green, too, so it wasn't like it was an extremely competitive. Where is that? Game. Google says it's in Ohio. Hmm, interesting. But, yeah, he's uh, he's got the run after the catch ability. We'll see. But I would really like to see Mike Evans get more run. But although, Mike Evans is not fast. I mean... He gets run down from behind by, like, defensive linemen and stuff. He's just so big. I think he runs out of gas. I mean, he can juke a lineman out or a, a defensive player out. I guess. I don't he know. gets separation. Oh, yeah, 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 when he's getting the – but his his whole bread and butter is contested catches. You know, he, he will beat anybody jumping up for the ball. So that's so why you I, don't need to outrun him at that point. Right, that's why I think he'd be perfect in the slot. I mean, uh, you know, over the middle between him and Howard, oh, my gosh. I forget what Howard looks like in a game because he's always hurt. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're not going to probably not going to seal that, see that tight end wheel route that Cutter used to run with him. And man, that was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful play design. I don't know. We'll probably never see that again. But yeah, hopefully this offense will be more dynamic. We'll have more running, more runs after the catch, just to make it more interesting. Yeah. Because like I said, it, we, we had a great offense. You know, as far as the passing game and all that was concerned, but it was just, it really was lackluster watching. It wasn't that entertaining. But you knew when we got the ball, we could march down the field and anybody would score. I listened to Ian Beckles this morning, and there's been a lot of talk about Jameis around the league. Is he a good quarterback? And Ian Beckles brought up the point that Jameis was having to put up like 40 points a game just to keep up with the opposing offense because the Mm -hmm. defense couldn't stop him. Yes. You look at the stats and the numbers and all that stuff, and he really doesn't shine on that. But, you know, when you watch the games, yeah, I mean, he was having to drive the team down the field 
every time they got the ball. And, like, what if now he only has to put up 20 points to win a game? Mm-hmm. You know, we know he can do that. If they can get the offensive line reasonably good and teach Jameis Winston how to read the field, because to me that's his biggest issue. You know, he, he leaves way too many points on the field. You know, he, he locks in the guys and just throws to him when there's a guy wide open running down the field. If, if we can fix those two things with Jameis, then yeah, I mean, he'll be a top 10 quarterback. Hey, at least he's not Marcus Mariota. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he may not be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but who is? He's the best quarterback Buccaneers have ever had. Right. It's all relative. Bar none. Do we really want to start over again? You know, I say that, but we had Steve Young, Doug Williams. Okay, he's the best quarterback that's ever played for the Buccaneers. I don't know how to say this because, I mean, Steve Young was definitely a good quarterback. He just wasn't a good quarterback with the Buccaneers. Right. Jameis is broken like... A ton of records for mm-hmm. the Bucks. Right. So he's the best quarterback statistically we've seen. Is and that accurate? Yes. We'll go with that. If if he gets the second contract, he'll be the first one in Buccaneers history to first quarterback to ever get a second contract with the Buccaneers. How crazy is that? Insane. Speaking of contracts with players, the NFL and the NFL Players Association is in talks right now. Now, if you're not aware, the CBA, which is the agreement they have between the NFL and NFL Players Association as to how guys get played and all that. It's called the Collective Bargaining Agreement. That expires at the end of the 2020 season. So what they're trying to do is hammer everything out now to not disrupt so that there's no strikes or anything. Especially now they got the, this is supposed to be the 100th season. It's going to be a big year for the NFL. They're doing a lot of fancy stuff with it, you know. I had no idea it was the 100th season. Yeah, 100th year of the NFL. So they don't want anything to kind of muddy the water. So they're trying to get things worked out now. The big issues they're dealing with is, one, marijuana legalization. They don't want to test guys for marijuana anymore. That's the NFLPA. And I'm pretty sure the NFL is going to agree with that. You think so? Yes. I mean, why? Why not? I mean, what's that got to do with playing football? Nothing. Do they test them for alcohol? No. No. Okay. Right. And there's so many states now that it's legal in. Right. It just doesn't make sense anymore. And it's not like it's a performance-enhancing drug. If anything, (laughs) it's the exact opposite. But the big thing, the big issue is the players want guaranteed money. They want guaranteed contracts. No more of this, you know, you get a $150 million contract with only $45 million guaranteed. They want the whole thing guaranteed. What? Well, that's how they... Well, then there's no incentive to perform. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it either. Because, like you said, it just would give people not the incentive to to perform. But you know how it is. Everybody's always on the side of the players. They see the NFL and the owners as the big, mean corporation guys right. and all this. But, you know, guys, we got to be careful that we don't bleed the NFL dry. Right. You know, Because if they're not making money, the, the whole sport's going to go down. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The, the NBA does it. Uh, the MLB does it. You know, a lot so of sports what, have. So then would they... Change how the cap oh, system yeah. works. You know, the well, salary cap. Yeah, they would definitely. The contracts would be much smaller if they're going to be guaranteed. There's no, right. you know, there's you know, hundred million dollars over five years with fifty million guaranteed. No, it'll be sixty million guaranteed over five years. Okay. You know, is yeah. Well, mean. you know, maybe that's more palatable. Yeah, and you know, it's a unintended consequences too. You never know how it's going to work out. I mean, if you could predict it, we'd all be making a shitload of money in Vegas. Right, and that's another thing that they're bringing up in the NFL. The CBA is the gambling money. 
We're talking about how to divide that up because a lot of states have allowed gambling now, and the players want in on those on that money. I mean, the owners are ecstatic about it because they're making a crap ton of money off of it. How do they make money off of it? Don't know. Ask them. How do those guys make money off anything? I don't know. <laughs> That's what they do for a living. They just make money. They just exist, and money appears. They're like money trees. <laughs> And there's an issue with uh, stadiums. There's a thing that's called stadium points. What the owners are trying to do is basically get a pot going where money is put aside for stadium renovations and building and all that stuff. And they want that to come out of the NFL revenue. Because owners have been, for the past 20 years, they've been feeding off of municipalities. Yeah. You know, the cities have been basically putting the bill for all these. Yeah, and I think that's going to come to a head. Oh, yeah, it's gone. I think a lot of cities are kind of sick of it. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's a, it's a really good deal for the cities. I mean, it brings in revenue and all that good stuff. I'm a fan of it. I think, you know. But how much isn't enough to justify? Right. Yeah, some of the owners have really taken it overboard and having these cities paying, you know, just about the whole bill for the stadiums. And the owners just sit back and collect profits. And the Cities are on the hook for you know three billion dollars for the next fifty years. That's not right. But I don't know. We'll see how it all works out. I, I hope they get this pounded out before the next CBA comes up, and it's just a boom. What the, what the owners want to do is like they do with players. They want them to sign a contract before the next one's done. That's what they're tr- trying to do with the CBA now is get the NFLPA to agree now to extend. You know, the, the new contract. My prediction is there will be one issue that they get hung up on and the NFL PA uses that time constraint as leverage. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. And if they see that the owners are going to be willing to give on certain things, then they're going to start forcing for more stuff. Right. Well, both sides are going to do that. Yeah. So hopefully we can get this pounded out and there won't be a stoppage in 2020. I'm straight. glad to see that. Oh, those are fun forward too. thinking enough to try to address it now. Well, God, there's so much money involved in NFL. Now. Yeah, God, I mean, billions of dollars. What's the the forty billion? I think was the last time I looked, and that was God, that was like five years ago. And that's including. Did you know when I did my research in it that fantasy football makes as much as TV revenue does for the NFL? That is insane. Yeah, it is insane. Is it like ad revenue or people buying in? I don't know. So they just play said fantasy that, because we play it for free, right? Right, but a lot of lot of uh, players you buy the NFL dot com uh, league service where you get all these benefits that show you, you know, player injuries and all that stuff. We don't have that. Nah. We're, yeah, we're we're the free version. Our <laughs> our commissioner's cheap. <laughs> but the discount fantasy league. <laughs> but also, like uh, Yahoo and all of them, they have to license that from the NFL. Okay. Well, yeah, you, that makes sense. You can't use player images or logos or logos, nothing. Yeah, all yeah. that has to be licensed. Uh, a license from the NFL just to do anything is $150,000. And it's usually an exclusive license. If you want to make golf koozies, you golf have to. Koozies. Golf koozies. What is a golf koozie? I don't know. I'm just making I'm, it up. Yeah, I'm thinking of the little. You don't play like golf. We talked about this in the last episode. <laughs> if I ever do. Let's just say a koozie. <laughs> okay. A koozie. Take the golf out. If you wanted to make a koozie of a sports, an NFL team, you'd have to pay a $150,000 license. Gosh, that's that's 10 years ago. Last time I looked in that, it's probably two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand 250000 now. So you got to play that straight off, and it's not like a payment plan. You have to give them the licensing fee up front. Just to be able to use images, likenesses, and all that. But it's an exclusive deal. So if you make koozies, you're the only one that can make koozies. How 
the fantasy stuff works. I have to imagine it's not exclusive, but that's how the NFL makes money on it. They make a they make a crap ton of money. But they well, don't. yeah, they pay Roger Goodell like a billion dollars a year, don't they? I know it's ridiculous. Something healthcare you, for life, private jet private for jet. life. I don't think he got the private jet, did he? I think he was trying to get that. I don't think he did. <laughs> but did you hear he got a standing ovation last week at the NFL headquarters for what? For announcing that they were getting July 4th off. He did that just so he could get a standing ovation <laughs> because never gotten one before. He's never had one before. He probably, it probably scared him. He, th- he was probably thinking, wow, I thought crowds booed. I thought that's what they do. <laughs> what is this clapping noise? I would give him the private jet just to leave the NFL. <laughs> private jet for life, you're gone. <laughs> we will fly you around the world where you want to go. It's a one-way trip. Well, tag you're li- not coming back. Tag Lubu, he is not. But, you know, he, he's got a tough job. He gets paid well yeah, for it, though. Yeah, I'll take that job. Have everybody in America hate me for a billion dollars a year. <laughs> I'll take it. It's not a billion. I think it's Whatever. Like, like 10 million years. Who like 20 cares? Million it's more than he can spend in a lifetime. You know what? We are going to duck, duck, go that right now. What is that? Search engine. Actually, we're binging it. We're going to bing duck, it. Duck, duck, go? Yeah, you never heard of DuckDuckGo? No. Yeah. Is it an old one? Well, it's a uh, search engine that doesn't track you. It's like a, you know, like Google tracks everything you do. Right. Yeah. DuckDuckGo doesn't. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was I doing? Roger Goodell salary. Look, well, it's a top thing. <laughs> $35 million. A year. Whoa. He makes as much as Drew Brees. Drew Brees makes $35 million? Yes. I think he's at like... 33 million this season. But he only takes home like 20,000 because he's buying stupid jewelry. He's an idiot. That almost blew tequila out my nose. <laughs> that burns. <laughs> Say that from experience. Well, the players' union, now they don't necessarily want to pay for league stadiums. So that's going to be a contentious issue because any money that the NFL takes out of the revenue that gets split up amongst all the teams, you know, they're wanting to take some out for stadium rebuilding and renovation and all that. That's money that ain't going to the players. So that could be an issue there. And the owners want this because the owners are so used to not having to foot the bill in stadiums anymore. Ah, so they're trying to get it from somewhere else. Yeah. Which this would probably logically be a better way to do it. You know, I don't know. We'll see. But it would give the players power in team location then. You know, when teams want to move and stuff, they'd be like, no, hey, you know, we put this money, this is our money, we put it in the stadium, you're staying here. It would give them some leverage. No, no, you know, all this stuff is crazy up in there. And it's still two more years before it'll be set in stone, most likely. This is great news. This is great, great, great news. Derek Brooks was inducted into the National High School Hall of Fame today. Uh, June 30th. That makes Derek Brooks has been inducted into every level Hall of Fame in football. College football, NFL High school football. That's amazing. The amount of respect everybody has for Derek Brooks is, it just makes you proud to be a Buccaneers fan. Oh, and he's going to be at practice helping the Buccaneers. Yeah, I heard him on an interview with Ira Kaufman. He went on there. I think they do something recurring. Yes, the Tampa 2. Yeah. I think it's the name of it. Do you listen to it? I don't listen to it. I listen to it every now and then. They put it out sporadically. I can't, well, I'm saying that, but I think they do it once a week, once every Month? I don't know. But I listen to it when it pops up, yeah. He apparently talks to Jameis regularly. Derek does. He needs to. Yeah. But he's going to be 
participating in practice, helping the guys out, right? Bruce Arians was, yeah. he said this, and you, you get this with coaches all the time. They say, oh, we want the alumni to come in for practices and all that. Well, unless you're Greg Schiano, and then you don't want that. But um, he he said that, but it appears he's really following through with this. We know we got Warren Sapp coming in is going to help train the guys. Yeah. We know Derek Brooks is coming in. And he's got 70 former players on his staff. Gosh, this is so crazy. Yeah, it's so weird how he just integrates everything into a football team. It's awesome. It's going to be great. I am so excited, so excited for this year. Uh, Lars Anderson on the Pewtercast said that B.A., when he goes to a new team, he, like, seeks out the veteran leadership on the team Mm -hmm. and gets them to buy in immediately. Right, which is So interesting. Considering the Gerald McCoy debacle. Boom! 40 minutes into this before we mention Gerald McCoy's name. You know how you can tell a Buccaneers fan? (laughs) Did you know he's a vegan? (laughs) Yeah, but right. And we pointed this out in the podcast a while back. Bruce Arians, the first thing he did, the first player he talked to when he went to Arizona was the defensive tackle. Darnell Dockett, I'm pretty sure is who it was, who was a veteran leader on the defense Defensive tackle, first player he met with. So he, it was in the book, quarterback whisper. He wanted to establish a relationship with him to get him to buy into Arian's program. He did not do that with Gerald McCoy at all. Didn't even, didn't call even him. try. Didn't even try. Not even like a meeting, and then decided eh, it's not going to work out. Yeah, so it was very telling to me. You know, it was like he immediately knew he did not want Gerald McCoy on the team. My theory is that. McCoy's got a reputation in the league. Right. And because BA had talked to people in the league that said, Ugh. Yeah, BA knows everybody in the league. Right. Theory, I don't have anything to back it up. Just a feeling. But yeah, he's got, Bruce Harris has got Derek Brooks actually reaching out to other alumni members to get them involved with the team. I think his team is in such a unique position in that we're not that far removed from the Super Bowl team and they're still involved Mm. enough in Mm. the community in tampa that Mm -hmm. he could call on them to come back and they'll still have that kind of influence over the young players you know who else i was thinking might be coming back donald penn not as a player but donald penn loves buccaneers i mean he's still got you think he'll come to tampa yeah i think he would come maybe help out donovan smith a little bit interesting be awesome do you think ba would reach out to him yes in a heartbeat Hmm. Yeah, so uh, last night, Molly beat me in Madden. <laughs> Madden 18, and, so we're clear. And I wanted to put the video up because it was just hilarious. We went into overtime. and I had I was playing as the Bengals. Ralph was the Buccaneers. Yeah, she, she picked I a random I randomly team. select, yeah. I allow Ralph to have the Buccaneers because I'm a good wife. I had thrown, what was it, five interceptions by the time we got to overtime. Yeah. yeah. It was six to six. Neither one of us can kick field goals or punt. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, she's running. She runs a play. It's overtime. I think it was like five minutes left. Yeah. Overtime. I, th- I thought I had her. You know, I'm like, okay, I got this. She runs it right up the middle. And just runs for a touchdown. What was it? 60 yards almost? 50, 56 yards? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so just just ran it right up the middle. And I'm like, what in the world? She did a good juke move, actually. It was pretty good. By accident. I don't know what all the buttons do. I just push all of them <laughs> as I'm playing to see what happens. Like, 
<laughs> it works out sometimes, but other times, you know, you do a spin move when there's nobody there. Oh, gosh, that was hilarious <laughs> when you did that. You could tackle. Yeah. So anyhow, she runs it, scores this touchdown, and I'm like, I'm like, what in the world just happened there? Because I ran a blitz to that side that she ran, and none of my guys did anything. But what I did see was Brent Grimes come running in and tackle your guy, but then he just shed him like he was water. And his and I was like, yeah, that's typical. So then I did. I moved the camera up top so I could see exactly what happened. And gosh, we laughed so hard. There was what five Buccaneers laying on the ground, looking like they were doing uh, snow angels. <laughs> uh, Molly said they looked like they were uh, murder victims, which <laughs> chalk outlines chalk, around. Them. Yeah, yeah. It was Gerald McCoy. Just got pancaked. Uh, Golston pancaked. I think Grimes. I think Grimes fell before the runner got there. No, he, he actually was like on his belly. And then got back up. Yeah, he did fall down, but then he got back up, but he went to tackle your guy, and he hit him and, like, bounced off of him. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. So, anyhow, I'm watching this, and I'm like, you know, Mads really got this down. This is this is Buccaneers defense. Typical. <laughs> so, well, I, I want to put the clip up on YouTube with our commentary. So Yeah, we probably will. It's hilarious. And that one interception for a touchdown you had where you're running – and you just start doing these juke moves out of nowhere. Nobody was around you. You spun around. You're like, what am I doing? What's going on? That was hilarious. Yeah. So anyhow, that's it for Buccaneers News. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Bucks underscore Observer. You can reach us via email at mollybay at BuccaneersObserver.com. I see you did via or yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Or Ralph at BuccaneersObserver.com. We're on Facebook and the YouTubes. You can search for us there. And also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Next time we talk, it'll be 60-some more days, 60... You know, I was thinking about that because Thursday, we normally record on Thursdays. That's (gasps) 4th of July. We are going to be busy. Maybe we'll record one Wednesday tomorrow and then put it up Friday. So you still want to do one Friday. I, I say we skip one Friday. Okay, yeah, just we'll pick pro- up next Monday. Yeah, we'll probably skip uh, July fourth. Big holiday for us. We love it. Uh, so we're going to. This will be the last podcast for this week, most likely. So we'll have one out probably. Monday. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a happy and safe Fourth of July. Enjoy your fireworks display. Hope you got a good barbecue going on. If we're not invited, I'm upset. And what I got to say is down with King George the <laughs> Third. <laughs> <laughs> and the Patriots. That's right. Boo, Patriots. Actually, I like the Patriots. You gotta, uh, you you've know, got to respect the New England Patriots, man. You do. You've got to. There's something there. They sold their soul. That's what it is. <laughs> Only answer. All right. Until uh, next time. Go Bucks. Chipper enough for you. <laughs>